Welcome back to week six of pre-snap motion. Another week. Uh, I can't believe we've made it, guys. Month and a half. This is uh, in, in high school dating years. Uh, we've been together a lifetime at this point. Uh, special guest in the house second tonight. Base. Grant. I'm in the second base with some people. Not my own time. Wow. Maybe you, are you like Amish or something? Took you six weeks? Good for you. The <laughs> Catholic school. Sorry. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, special guest on the pod today, uh, Grant Ermitter. You can find him on Twitter at Colts with Grant. Uh, joining the team here, uh, I'm Drew, as always. Drew, as always. Uh, Aaron and Hayden are with me. Uh, so today, a uh, couple special things in order. So uh, news du jour. Uh, we've got some winners and losers for you. Uh, Grant is going to give us a bit of a Colts breakdown. We're going to do a little bit of a round robin on the local team here. And then after that, we're going to give you our top 15 running backs in the NFL this year. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, Hayden and I will fight over where we take Dalvin Cook on that list. We'll get there eventually. Uh, with that, I'm going to kick it over to Hayden at the news desk. Oh, yeah. Hit that sound effect, baby. There it is. So official. Got it last. All right. The Washington football team named Tonya Snyder as the co-CEO of the team. She is the wife of owner Dan Snyder, and this move makes her one of the few women to serve in a role such as this in the NFL. Drew, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I, I think it's a pretty big week in, in the NFL, right? You get additional female leadership. Uh, we talked last week about uh, Nassib for the Raiders uh, having the, uh, the first openly gay player. Uh, the NFL is uh, making strides all the way around. Now, what remains to be seen uh, is if that improves the Washington football team and that level of dysfunction in any way, shape, or form. Um, I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But good for her. I, it seems like it was a publicity stunt more than anything to me. Everything that Dan Snyder does just seems like a very thinly veiled fuck you to like woke culture and <laughs> like everything else going on in the NFL today. Just like calling them the Washington football team. Like, oh, fine. Redskins is defensive. I'm just going to call us football team. Like, and she's, I mean, she doesn't really have any like serious background in anything related to being the CEO of a football team. She's been like heading up all of their charitable efforts and things like that. She's been doing some great work. I'm not trying to disparage that at all, but I don't know. I just, I, I always think the worst of what Dan Snyder's trying to do. And with something like this, it just feels like another, I don't know, tongue in cheek move. Grant, am I heavy, man. Thanks, buddy. Quick, quick aside, am I the only guy that when somebody mentions Dan Snyder, him and Neil Caputo from Fox Business are completely interchangeable to me. Oh. Like I have no idea. I that I just picture that person. I like it. Maybe a Darren Rovell action potentially. Yeah, oh, totally well. see yeah. that. Totally see that. Good stuff. Oh, hey Grant, how do you uh, how do you feel about uh, about Mr. Snyder jumping okay. on with the Washington so, football team? So the role of CEO, right? CEO. Yes. So you yeah. know, oh, they, co CEO. Okay, Co-CEO. Oh, that's nice. That's nice for her. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a CEO, you know, you, you kind of have, you oversee things. You're not too involved in things. You kind of have this, you're responsible for the outcomes and not so much the processes. So I don't know. It, it's definitely a PR thing. It's definitely a safe face where, you know, we're turning over a new leaf. This is like our entire organization's quality control, uh, you know, position now. Um, but uh, anyway, you know, I hope it works out. I think it's a step in the right direction as as you look at that organization outside looking in and it was just like a cesspool of, you know, yeah. a terrible environment. So go get them. Wasn't there a lot of like, uh, uh, like allegations coming out of there about like a pretty toxic workplace towards women in general? Wasn't that yeah, a that, thing? That was the whole thing. That was the, that was the entire thing. All the I think even even touching issues like with Dan Snyder implicated directly. Um, so, yeah. So so that's what it was. It was she was like, I will literally take half of your stuff. Like I I want to be in the building. I want my hands on everything. She is going to actually oversee 
all of Dan's daily activities at this point. <laughs> well, when you when I hear Dan Snyder, I I think of like the movie Porky's. If you guys roll at this, <laughs> so like with like this peeking into the shower situation, that's 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 what comes to mind is the movie Porky's. So I dig it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hayden, shoot, what else is on the docket? All right, former Broncos wide receiver Demarius Thomas announced his retirement from the NFL on Monday. He retires with 724 receptions, 9,763 yards, and 63 touchdowns. Any thoughts, Aaron? We'll uh, start with you. (laughs) Yeah, Demarius Thomas uh, holds a spot near and dear to my heart uh, for multiple reasons. Won me some fantasy championships, side note. But uh, also, it was good to see. I mean, Peyton Manning had a lot of really talented wide receivers uh, when he was in Indianapolis. But he didn't quite have anybody like Demarius Thomas. I mean, this dude was a thoroughbred. I mean, just big, fast. He did drop some really easy passes. But, oh, my God, like just a freak athlete. You know, Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne were elite route runners and they knew to get open and Dallas Clark had amazing hands and could find seams and defenses. But man, this guy was just so good and similar to Marvin Harrison. I loved his persona. He was just so quiet um, and soft spoken. Obviously, things have come out about Marvin Harrison after his playing days, but I just love how, you know, he wasn't a really loud boisterous had to be the center of attention type guy he's just like a humble soft-spoken kid from georgia and he just stayed true to that so yeah i I was always a big fan of dt and sad to see him go um i'll be honest i thought demarius thomas retired the year that peyton manning retired i thought that was his (laughs) last year playing professional football uh but i mean he kept playing so good for him uh bounced around like the patriots and maybe somebody else i don't know he had a couple not nearly out. as much as you think he literally played seven games for the Texans and then played appeared oh, wow. in 11 games for the Jets I mean that was that was it I'm looking at his football reference now yeah uh, but some of those years uh, that he had with Peyton specifically I mean four-time pro bowler uh, his that run from 2012 to 2014 specifically uh, just shy of 1500 yards every year double digit touchdowns uh, and I think an underrated statistic now, specifically amongst wide receivers, we're starting to see this drop, but the guy moved the changes. Uh, he averaged at least 60 first downs in every one of those years as well. Um, good for him. Good career. Uh, again, completely forgot he was still in the league after like 2016. Yeah. Hey, we had one other thing, right? What else? Yeah, the Colts announced that they will be playing in front of crowds at full capacity, which means all 32 teams currently plan to have full stadiums come September. We kind of touched on this last week and uh, how it will improve the overall product. But uh, Grant, you know everything about the Colts. So uh, we'll start with you on this one. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited. I'm hoping to go see a couple of games. The last game I think I saw in person was the Jacoby Brissett game. Uh, so I need to get that. <laughs> Yeah, out of my memory. Uh, but no, I mean, it, it'll be fun. I think, anyway, I think that there's a lot of excitement around that team. And, uh, you know, not that the Colts are the, the most <laughs> ruckus fan base out there. Uh, but I, I think that, um, I, anyway, I think Carson Wentz is going to bring some excitement. I think the defense will bring some excitement. And uh, I'm excited to get to watch the boys play in person again, for sure. Don't lie, man. You're so excited to hear your first "Let's go, Coats" from like somebody yeah. from like Fremont, oh my Indiana. I'm excited to go. I'm excited to count the the mock turtlenecks. I'm you know I'm excited to count the turtlenecks. I mean, have you ever been to a stadium where you've seen as many turtle? It's it's really embarrassing, and that's one thing that's very cold specific is the Jersey turtleneck combo. Now that I've said that, you're gonna see it. And, uh, it's pretty terrible. That's, uh, I'm not making that. That's sci- I did not. That's not my opinion. That's science. These are I, facts. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Tur- turtleneck jersey combo. Oh, on oh God. You're gonna hear I'm a lot of, be there. We hear like I'm, I'm gonna be there. A lot of Omaha's. <laughs> Omaha. Uh, Omaha. Which, which? Correct me if I'm wrong. He'd never said in the Colts uniform. He never audibled with Omaha until he got to Denver. That's not I, true. Is it? Was it Apple Apple? Where was that look? I can't remember, but it might have been apple apple for him. He did use a lot of apple apples. I thought yes. he, I thought he used Omaha while he was in Indy, though. I didn't think that was new to Denver. That was like a big thing with him. Gase, Gase, 
Was that Gase? Yeah. I don't know. And then that just like launched Gase's entire career. Oh my God. Gase Gase might move to Omaha. He might just live there. He might be a God. I don't know. (laughs) Well, he he should Uh, move wherever Peyton Manning puts. Really, that would be the best for him. Yes. (laughs) In the long run. (laughs) Uh, Which Peyton still lives in Denver, right? I mean, he's there almost full time at this point. That's, Um, That's disgusting. (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean I, I can't i can't play it denver's a great town but uh oh, you spend your retirement in indianapolis yeah there you go touche <laughs> <laughs> touche <laughs> um, that's pretty good all right all right hayden uh do we want to shift into winners and losers yeah let's do it um i'll go first Shoot, I, I have a loser uh okay. tim tebow not getting invited to the tight end university camp thing that they had going on uh you know <laughs> Well, where's his invite at? I, that's all I have to say. Came up with that one, that one quick. So, I, I heard that I heard uh, Kittle and Olson on a pod. Um, it might have been part of my take. It was definitely part of my take. Um, and they, Big Cat asked, like, "Where's Where's Tim Tebow? Like, what's what, Where's the love?" They had a pretty eloquent answer for that. That like he's literally never played a snap of the position <laughs> in his entire life. <laughs> so, if he makes it out of camp. We'll have an offer for him next year. Um, (laughs) I did selfishly love Irv Smith uh, getting some love on the Titan University Twitter feed. That was pretty dope. But um, love to see the athletic big fellas out there. Just a bunch of power forwards just just doing their thing. That was cool. It was really cool to see. I wonder if Mo Alley made it. I doubt it. I don't think so. Big Mo Alley fan. I think he did. They They had 54 guys. Jack Doyle would probably be on there before Mo Alley. Jack Doyle, he was busy changing his oiler, boat cutting his grass or something. You know, he's, he's, he's the everyman. He definitely wears New Balance shoes, like those De- white definitely. New Balance shoes when he cuts his grass. He did. <laughs> yeah, new ones. He's, new ones. He is a millionaire. Sure, he can afford new ones. That's right. That's right. You were making fun anyway. of uh, of Peyton Manning retiring in Denver. Uh, Jack Doyle is 100% going to retire in Indianapolis. Oh. And he's going he's oh. to live right by Cathedral High School, and he's just that's where he's going to live. That's yeah. his life. I mean, he might be like a crosswalk type of guy, you know, like school crosswalk guy type of thing. No, he's going to be the cathedral. He's going to be like the cathedral tight ends coach or something like oh. that. Like, or hall monitor. Yeah, but t- tight ends coach, I like that. I like hall that. <laughs> um, oh, man. I've got, a, uh, I've, got a, I've got a loser this week. Uh, okay. my, my loser is, is Laura Snyder, now co CEO of the Washington <laughs> oh football team. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, she is actually walking into the organization to be the Jack Doyle, the hall monitor, if you will. And, oh and god, god bless her, well done, well done, god bless her and her time there. Um, I, I feel bad for Washington football team fans. That was the other piece of that in that announcement they're adding her on and one of her like core responsibilities will be assisting with the rebranding and the renaming. Yeah. Which makes me then the wheels really start spinning. Right. I mean, this is a PC ish pod, but like, I can't oh. wait for this to be like, <laughs> just like the <laughs> oh, Washington yeah, French go. bulldogs or some shit. Like I can't wait to see that logo. Washington. <laughs> Fatalytics. So- Maybe I misread it. Kate Hudson is the GM. Yeah, She's yeah. like, guys, 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 the merch is great. <laughs> guys, Lululemon jerseys. Lululemon jerseys. Oh, boy. They, it lifts and separates. It lifts and separates. <laughs> Wicks away the sweat. I don't know why we don't get the retweets. <laughs> We can do this all day. We can do that all day. <laughs> we really can. <laughs> so that's why that's part of the reason I thought it was a joke, though. Maybe I misread it, but but uh, Dan Snyder in his quote was like, "Yeah, she's been a big part of the rebranding efforts here in Washington." And I'm like, "The rebranding efforts when you guys named yourself the football team? Like, <laughs> like she was a big part of that decision?" Oh, shocker, shocker. His wife was extremely indecisive in like a short time frame. None of us have ever experienced that in our lives. Uh, you pick a name. You pick a name. You pick a name. If my you wife listened to this pod, I would tell you to shut it up, but she doesn't. So. <laughs> I actually, I actually really like somebody floated like the Washington Red Tails and it's like a, it's like a throwback. Oh, yeah. to like the, that is so sick. And I don't understand why no one is like, that's what we're doing. Wait, what is it? Yeah, the bird of so, prey? 
No, no, no. So the Red Tails uh, is what they called the Tuskegee Airmen, like in World War II. So it's like an old, like World War II fighter plane. Like Ooh. think about the stadium sounds. Like they hit some big paths. You have like some strafing run. Like there's all these like cool ass sounds and like things they can do. And for some reason, it, it got it went kind of viral on Twitter when they were trying to figure out the branding piece. And like nobody, like if I'm Dan Snyder, I'm just like, oh yeah, that's actually really smart. Like here's a hundred thousand dollars. Give me that patent. Right. That's great. Yeah. Totally. And they're in DC, so something related to like military. Yeah, that makes right. sense. Right, right. Any, anyways, all right. Aaron Grant, do you guys have a winner or loser this week? Grant, floor is yours. The, the first thing that pops in my mind is is Chris Paul. You know, getting getting doubled up, like getting crossed over and falling out of the playoffs. But oh, man, I, that, that he's like it's meme central for here until the end of time now for, for CP3. But I thought it was an Allstate commercial. I was like, oh, <laughs> <those> ankles, brother. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that's actually like Carlton. He stood up and said, whoa, 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 I'm the new Chris Paul, guys. I'm the new Chris Paul. <laughs> Chris Paul. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's the first thing that pops ahead into my mind, though. I, I think anytime that Paul George sends you into the shadow realm yeah. and just like banishes there, I I can wholeheartedly agree with that. We found out last week that we have a very multi-sport fan base, so we can make these references now. Yeah. You'll, you'll oh, know. that's perfect. That's perfect. That leads right into my thing. I'm going baseball. I'm going baseball. Okay. Kyle Schwarber is going nuclear. I uh, have not watched a lot of baseball this year, but good. God, this dude hit another home run tonight. That's 16 in his last 18 games, 12 homers in his last 10 games. I mean, he's just absolutely unconscious. Why is he not getting walked? Why is anyone even pitching him the ball? I don't even know. And he's just crushing, just crushing baseballs. Hear me out. Hear me out, guys. Okay. The Washington football Schwarbers. That's the rebrand. Nailed it. Just a bunch of nice guys out crushing baseballs. Oh my god, just unreal! As a as an IU guy yeah. and a Cubs fan, I Should love be. it. But also, yeah, it makes me a little bittersweet to, that the Cubs didn't extend him. But uh, you know, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm happy for the guy. Love to see him. Love to see him doing work. Hope he keeps. Hope he keeps on, on the tear and breaks Barry Bonds' record. I guess kind of on that same vein, how do we feel about this whole pitcher fiasco with like the banned substances? And I guess the following question, like how is, is this that similar to similar to like the flake gate and what we saw there? Like, is it, is this like overblown that this thing is an issue with pitchers or is this like a real thing that's going to stick like a real issue? No pun intended there uh, with the stick, <laughs> but um, I, I, it's funny. I did have that, that thought as to like, what's the equivalent of that? in football, you know, where, you know, what are we checking somebody before they come out on the field? You know, um, and I couldn't think of anything. So I'm glad I'm talking about it right now on this podcast, but no, I always uh, think I, about the replacements. They puts the stick them on his hands. So when he yeah. can throw him the ball, that's what I think about. Yeah. Are you stick them? Well, well, no. Yeah. So, I mean, so stick has been outlawed for a long time, but the, the gloves that they use now, like those Nike gloves, you can hold yeah. the ball with like two fingertips. Like, is this the equivalent of like, we're just sending receivers out there now? Like, hey man, athletic tape on the knucks. That's it. Like you're, you're good to go. <laughs> I don't know what the, but like the pitchers, uh, the guy for the nationals. Um, oh, uh, Scherzer. Scherzer yeah. just like lost his shit and was like, I'm going to get butt ass naked out here. I love that. Search whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing about Scherzer is he's, he's already on the edge of psychosis it seems like all of the time you know so it was like hey let's just and Girardi's just like poking and poking and poking and that was anyway I, that was very entertaining yeah it was point. I enjoyed it yes. and <laughs> as a Cubs fan you must despise Scherzer as I despise him because he just he, he whoops the Cubs and I, and I don't enjoy that and whoops everybody he yeah there it is monster. he does <laughs> wolf eyes um, level of one to 10 really quick before we move on to the meat and potatoes of this podcast. What is your guys level of heartbreak one to 10? If Schwab dog hits like four Ugh. dingers against the Cubs in the playoffs, like what is the level of heartbreak? It's uh, 10, it's 12, 13. 10? Uh, it's probably like a six for me. Like that would suck. I don't know. I'm assuming the Cubs lose in this scenario. Like that would be ideal if Schwarber has a great series, but the Cubs still win. And yeah. I, I have my cake and eat it too. I'm, no, no. Schwarber hits four dingers. You guys are done. Sorry, man. It's over. Yeah, probably. Um, 
All right. So we asked Grant to join us today. Uh, we, after our overs and unders pod, we, we continued to talk about the Colts. I feel like every single podcast, um, a lot of pretty positive opinions uh, league wide, but one of the things jumped out to me, uh, it was NFL. I was on the NFL network. They wrote an article about QB head coach pairings under the most pressure this year. Uh, surprising piece to that. One was Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay. Sure, I get it. Stafford probably leads kind of that that piece. Second was Lamar Jackson and, and Harbaugh, which yeah, totally I, I, have, I have thrown a lot of Lamar Jackson slander around Shade. this podcast the last it's couple been weeks. Real shady around Lamar Jackson. <laughs> but uh, third <laughs> on that list was Carson Wentz and Frank Reich. So we thought this was a pretty good opportunity to bring a, 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 a Colts insider in. Ask, is that real? Grant, is, is Frank Reich now that tied to Carson Wentz? Or is he still a made man here, kind of regardless of how this shakes out? I don't think he's tied to Carson Wentz in the sense that if Carson Wentz flames out, then, then Frank Reich is out. I, I, don't, I don't think that's the case. Now, I, I do think that if, if you know, Carson Wentz flames out, that puts Frank directly on the hot seat, yeah. like the, the real hot seat, like yeah. something, something must happen right now. Um, everything, everything Frank has said, um, you, you'd hear someone say about their, you know, their firstborn son, any opportunity, you know, this, uh, any opportunity given, you know, um, but to say pressure, I, you know, I, I struggle with the pressure idea, you know, maybe pressure in the sense that, you know, if, if Wentz comes in and, and, it, and it doesn't go well, then, you know, what, what did the Colts do? What, what happened? You know, they have to start over, but but I don't think, you know, because really the Colts had to do something at quarterback. And, and that's what it kind of all comes down to is you think of the, the options that were on the table and how they sort of played their hand, uh, I, you know, outside of Stafford and outside of a trade-up in, in the forethought, you know, the foresight, you know, the hindsight part of me being, you know, that uh, Mr. Or I can't remember his name, right? Ohio State quarterback that I enjoy. Justin you know, Fields. Justin Fields, seeing that he would fall down to 10-10, uh, to, in the 10-12 range, right? Maybe maybe if you, if you know that going, then say, well, let's just hold off here and let's see if we can't make something happen here. But but who's you know who do you think has the best here next five years of football? Is it Carson Wentz or is it just Justin Fields? Uh, because the, that uh, Stafford price was a little prohibitive, I do believe, for the Colts. But you know, I, I, I anyway, I'm bullish. Like you said, a lot of uh, positivity out there. Uh, the, the, really, there's a few things that I really think about with this and, and you know, you hear about the stories coming out of uh, Philadelphia, uh, you know, his mental state, he, he didn't, he, he shied away from the competition with, with Jalen Hurts. Uh, he wasn't a great teammate. I think that was sort of debunked along the way that he wasn't a great teammate. Uh, my biggest concern is that he is mentally fragile. It, you know, that would be my, my main concern. Not so much that he's physically fragile, uh, because I do think that the relationship between Reich and, and, and Wentz can fix these feet and fix these hip and fix the mechanics and, and things like that. Uh, there's a cool story. I don't know if you guys heard that about the whole, you know, reading the, the, the Bible passage and him being the home screen on the other guy's phone. Do you hear about this? No. So, no. so it's a pretty cool little anecdote story. So Frank drove Carson somewhere. <laughs> okay. So it was like during the process of drafting, he picked him up and he said, you know, what? I'll just take him. Right. So they're driving somewhere. Pardon me. But um, um, Frank quotes a Bible passage to Carson in this truck. And as he's saying this Bible passage, Carson's face gets all crazy. And he, and he looks over, and he shows him his, the phone, the home screen. It is that, it is that uh, Bible verse on his phone that he just quoted oh, to him in that moment. And, you know, these two guys being fully devout in that, in that sense uh, really took that as, as, as a, you know, a big, a big moment of their lives. So it's a pretty cool story. And, uh, you know, when you hear about Wentz talk about the situation in Philadelphia, he, the word he uses a lot is, is trust, you know, and you think about the Howie Roseman, you think about the athletic story uh, when there was really no leadership and it was really, you just think about those meetings too. Think about those meetings. Like when you're preparing to play against elite athletes and there's no real continuity, no real plan. And there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen type of situation, sure. you know, I mean, you're out there, the bolts are flying, and you've got sort of this rotational offensive line as well. There's a lot of a lot of moving against him that that last year in Philadelphia. So, like, is he was can he handle adversity? I, I would like to think he would, or Frank Reich, or, and and really the Eagles back in the draft time wouldn't have like you know drafted him so high, right? 
Um, and then, you know, Frank's got to, things got to do the deal here with the mechanics in the, in the quarterback whisperer, you know, sort of stuff here. So, but, you know, obviously the team's not going to come out and say, you know, Hey, first signs are kind of iffy here, you know, like when they sure. interview him after right. the, after the mini camp there, you know, everybody's like, you know, it's texting everybody. They're playing the knockout game and, and, and the, you know, the basketball. So anyway, um, pressure is there pressure is it the third highest team, you know, quarterback and coach combo that, that has pressure. I think the pressure is on Carson Wentz more so than, than Frank Reich for sure. Yeah. I think you're right. I'll, I'll chime in a little bit. I don't think that I don't, if, if Wentz doesn't work out, it's not like Reich's going to lose his job. I think he's earned more than that. He's built up enough capital with both Allard and Ursay and the Colts fan base. But it, it would be a big turning point. It would, you know, you would definitely lose a little bit of faith in him. And if things continue to go south or some other things kind of stacked on top of that, you could see how that could really turn the tide going the wrong direction for him potentially in the future. Um, you wonder how much, you know, what if, I don't know, what if Ballard wanted to go after Stafford a little bit harder, but Wright convinced him that Wentz was the, the more you know, economical move or the, the right move for the franchise. So I, you know, we're never really going to know what, what those conversations were like behind closed doors exactly. Um, but to your point about this being more of a mental problem than a physical problem, that actually comforts me a little bit. If, if you're telling me his back's okay and they just need to fix like his footwork and some of his throwing mechanics, like that's fine. I feel like we can do that. In Philly, they're known for just having, you know, the, the roughest like fans and media. It's a big market. The, that whole franchise was on his shoulders, right? I mean, they had like a bad offensive line. They didn't have like, you know, great, great offensive weapons. I mean, they had decent ones, not that they're like a ton better in Indy, but he was the franchise. Like it was all on him. There was so much pressure on him. So if he kind of collapsed under that mentally, hey, guess what? Come to a small market like Indy, uh, you know, the fans and reporters are a lot less brutal. We have a great offensive line. We have a great stable of running backs. Like we basically just need to be, need, need, need you to be about as good as, Phil Rivers was last year, hopefully maybe a little bit better in the best case scenario. Like that's all we need. We don't need you to carry this team to, you know, 10, 12, 13 wins. We just need you to not get sacked 50 times and, you know, in 12 games. In Indianapolis, there is a statue out front of a, of a quarterback, much like there is in Philly, except <laughs> this guy's not his backup. Quarterback. <laughs> For God's sake. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's and that's a, that's a fair point too, man. How, how rough does that have to be to go to work every day? And the statue out front is the guy that replaced you because you tore your MC at your ACL when you were the prohibited MVP favorite, uh, his yeah. 2017 PFF grades are solid. And we all remember that year. Um, he, he let everything on fire. I, I think this goes to speak to the environment that the Ballard's built here. And I completely agree with both of your sentiments that this, the pressure here is on Carson, right? If he doesn't make it work here, he's either, a highly paid backup somewhere or he's out of football and that's it he's paxton lynch signing with the saskatchewan rough riders for like a million bucks today um wow. which maybe he would love that because he's like a he's an up north guy like a north dakota like, guy yeah I don't know. like hey man i just you know I, just, I hunt i hunt geese and like i don't even go to practice i'm just better um but it speaks to the environment that Ballard's built. You know, you look at the roster around them. That offensive line is it's nasty, man. Um, no, I, I completely agree with you guys' points. Um, Grant, if it, if it doesn't work here in Indy for Carson Wentz, what is the reason why? If it doesn't work for Carson Wentz in Indianapolis, then he's just he, – he, he's been – he's broken by Philadelphia. He, he never recovered mentally. That, that's it. Uh, he he never regained the ability to take a punch in the in the jaw and get back in, in on the game plan and execute the game plan. Right? Uh, I really I really think that was a huge issue in Philly. Was you know you got to you know you have three options when the ball is snapped. You have to, you know I go here, I go here. If not here, then I go here. Right? And you could see it that that wasn't the case. So if it doesn't work, because Frank's going to line that up for him. I, I firmly believe that Frank's going to line you know his history as a quarterback in this league, the trust that these two have. He's going to have a plan. It's going to be clear. They're going to go through their whole, 
you know, the fabled, the team-wide protection meetings, right? Not just the quarterback and the, and the O-line, but it's the tight ends, the running backs, and everybody involved. And the situation will be as good as it possibly could be. If it doesn't work, it's because Carson Wentz is not the quarterback that, he, that we think he is. There's no, there's no better spot for him in the NFL right now. Like there's no, all the other 31 teams, this is the best possible situation for him for all the reasons that we've already lined out. You know, the coach connection, the offensive line, the running game, the market. Taylor, like, yeah. Yeah. There, there's, there's no other franchise that's a better fit for him right now. So if he can't do it here, he can't do it in the NFL anymore. That's all there is to it. That actually parlays me into, um, my next point or next question uh tell me how excited you are for jonathan taylor and can you give me a who's a comp for him like who what is best case scenario who does jonathan taylor turn into boy well i'm, I'm incredibly excited for him I and mean, listen to the like the kevin bowen podcast recently and some other local indie podcasts that there's like offensive MVP, you know, talking, and I'm not going to buy that. Obviously, he's running back, but, but, you know, you know, when we drafted him, my eyes got big. I'm like, we just, we just, you know, we just traded up for a running back. What's happening? And then I, you know, do a little Rolodex in my mind. Oh, that's one of like the two running backs that I actually enjoyed in that draft. A comp, fellas, help me out here. What do, what do you think for a comp? Um, geez, it's easy. So I, I could be wrong on this. I'm going back a little bit here, but he kind of reminds me of Fred Taylor in a way. I like that. Just like his body type, the way that he runs the ball, he can catch it, he can break long plays. I don't know. It, it, it's not it's not a spot on match, but I think he's in that Fred Taylor type of a player. I was trying to think of somebody like that. Something somebody sort of beefy, right? Uh, yeah. But, but is also nimble and uh, agile because you know. Shit, what's that guy's name from uh, – he was a Brown, he was a Jaguar, he was a middle linebacker. He put – Jack? No, no, the, the, Jack. no the, the, the middle linebacker, the hitter, the bumper. Anyway, he put a, a two-step move on him in the hole last year. I don't know. And it was just one of the most beautiful things. Like, truth be told, one of my, my favorite play in the NFL is like a middle run for, 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 long, for a touchdown for 60. You know, that's like – I'm an old man apparently, but – that's like my favorite play in, in, in football. And uh, and this is the guy that can do it, right? He has those like top of the, you know, two of the top 10 fastest running, you know, how they track, you know, miles per hour, whatever, 21 right. and a half miles per hour. So Fred Taylor, I like that a lot. And uh, speed and power. Yeah. Yeah. Well said on that. Mm. Hayden, what do you think? You have something? Um, I want to ask Grant about Quiddy Pay. And uh, his thoughts on that. I'm sorry, that's kind of out of nowhere, but I, no, I got to be thinking. So. Get, get Liddy with Quiddy. I, oh, yeah. It's trademark. Yeah, it's yeah, trademark. Bring, I got yeah, that bring time the, Mine's bring the pay, uh, right? Um, and <laughs> yeah, thank you. Cringe, cringe city. But um, so for me, he was the best pass rusher in the draft. And, and that's not just like some, you know, Monday morning quarterback. Jalen Phillips retired from the NFL. He broke his wrist. Jalen Phillips was the only other option, right? But he retired yep. from the end or from the from college football. He was he was coerced to play to play medically uh, the retired. Sport. Oh, and then he's got yeah concussions, and he's going to play the D line in the NFL. So, yep. all that being said, I could not believe he he dropped to it was twenty one, right? I, I believe that's right. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's 22, wrong. 22, 21, 22, something like that. Uh, yeah. Um, we in the we business just call it the late first round. We all we, just... we all know we all know the story, right? We all know the adversity, the mindset. But but he is a he is like a muscle with arms and legs. And anyway, um, I'm super high on him. I, I can't really think of a of a better draft pick. It, you know who else was on the board at that point? Um, oh, Lyman, can't remember his name. Uh, went yeah, that went to the Vikings. Yeah, went to the Vikings. Darisaw. Darisaw. I love Darisaw. I love Darisaw. I thought they were taking him for sure. I thought yeah. that was a lock. Darisaw had great highlights. Darisaw <laughs> had sort of this inconsistency thing in his book too, right? This taking, taking uh -oh. plays off thing. And if we think about Bowder, <laughs> if we think about um, uh, Ed Dodd, you know, th they're not going to take a guy like that, you don't think. And um, with that, with the next pick uh, series, you know, you like to look back on that and think about who were they talking about when they said this? Who were they talking about when they said that? And I just really think that this, this organization uh, coveted 
equity pay uh, like a lot and they're super excited to have him. Think about our D-line now. I mean, I would put our D-line up against <laughs> any other D-line. I mean, talk to me about another D-line that's going to talk to you about DeForest Buckner and, you know, the Alabama State. Um, anyway, God, what's his name? Grover Stewart. Grover. Grover. And uh, yeah, you got know, Muhammad on the, other, on the other end. Yeah, Muhammad will um, play. Or, Taquan or Lewis. Taquan Lewis will play the other side, you know. And, um, it was, I mean, Quiddy Pay is going to start uh, right defensive end from the jump. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm i super excited. I, I, he, <laughs> I'm super homer about this because I th- he's like a double-digit sack guy for me uh, in first year. And uh, I'm a defensive guy. I love defense. Uh, I play D-line. Maybe that's why I like middle runs is because that's just really something that just kills a team. But but you think about you think about our friend, uh, oh, what's his name? Soft J, uh, Julio. And he is now in the AFC South. The Colts have to rush with four, and and we're going to rush with four. And I'm super excited to rush with four. I I, I just think it's it's the perfect fit. And you're not going to hear me say anything uh, negative about that pick. Um, you know, you know, it, it'd be nice to to trade back and recoup. You know, get another second rounder or something like that. Or you know, in hell, at the end of the day, we got we picked up Eric Fisher as well to kind of fill that uh, that left tackle void after you know the unnamed whoever plays there for the first two weeks of the season. And, um, yeah. but yeah, I appreciate bringing up pretty big. I had him written down here and hopefully he came up because that, that is really something to ch- a change a top 10 def. you know, adding him to a top 10 defense. Um, anyway, you guys can say whatever yeah. you like. I think he's a, I think it's going to be a, an all-star fit. So you actually brought up um, something. So uh, two Colts fans on the pod now, uh, when when Soft J got traded into the division, was it just like, <laughs> like what uh, was what was gut reaction? And I guess how does that? How do you think that shakes up the AFC South? Because like the Colts were positioned to be. I mean, I, I they were my over lock in the AFC South in the AFC. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how does that position where you think they're going to fit in the division uh, now that Tennessee looks really pretty confident confident on offense? Yeah, I mean, I think you yeah. hit it. I mean, the, the, the Colts were, in, in my opinion, were a lock to win that division uh, because you were looking at Tennessee and it's like, okay, they have like two superstars on offense, but all it's going to take is an injury to uh, to their backfield. Um, and, and that's, you know, they're going to be done, basically. They're going to be out of the running. But now you throw in Julio, Julio, A.J. Brown, um, and – I can't think of the running back's name. You know, Derrick Henry. About. Oh, Derrick yeah. Henry. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, they're just, they're just really, it was exactly what they needed. They needed to be a little more explosive. They needed one more proven threat on offense. They loaded up the defensive side of the ball in the off season. So now it's, it's a legitimate two horse race now in, in the AFC South grant. I have to agree. I, you know, their defense is still going to be suspect. Um, losing some players there and then losing their offensive coordinator right this year. Um, yep. <laughs> and I tried to, I, you know, I tried to crane my, you know, how many games did Blue play last year? Not, not that many, right? Six, eight, I don't know, something like that. And, but then when you take a step back from that, you think about the fact, it's just this, was like an AJ Green thing where he didn't want to play because there was nothing to play for. And he's like, I'm not going to play because this situation sucks. Yeah. Um, or, you know, hopefully the, the Colts, fan in me is like no it's because he's old and he's going to break down again this year and they they got him in to play six seven eight games play against the Colts twice and uh but it's tough I mean because you think about our secondary as well and we're banking on people like uh you know uh Marvell Tell coming back from from a, a COVID year off and then you know Rocky Sin you know playing you know with his hands hopefully I'm not grabbing onto the other uh player Man. and and uh you know, in, in Xavier Rhodes, who played well, but but there's gonna there's gonna be a there's gonna be a drop off there at some point. Uh, so, you know, I can't I can't talk about Kenny Moore, the, the best DB in the league. But um, I'm joking. But um, yeah, so you know, our our question marks, uh, you know, in, in our defensive backfield, plus you know, an elite athlete in Julio Jones and um, AJ Brown, who's who's an animal, um, and obviously Derek Henry, who's unfairly ridiculous you know every time they don't hand it to him i'm, I'm excited about that play 
so, <laughs> you know, it's funny. The year before he really popped off, uh, I really was questioning, like, why are they not handing it? I'm like, we, we beat him, and he, he carried the ball like 10 times. And it's like, damn, yeah. I'm glad that game is over. And they didn't give him the ball 30 times. And let's just get out of Dodge because that's it. That dude is – that's a fun dude to watch play football. That's like one of the most perplexing things. I think looking back over the last, what, five or – when did he come into the league? 2013, 2012, 2013? Yeah. Something like that. He's about eight years in now. He's been the – I think he's about 10, but yeah. Something. Is it that long? Hey, regardless, but the, when he's he – 32. First, is it? Is it? Wow. God wow. damn. He's 32. Okay. So when, when he uh, – yeah, because him and Julio were teammates at Alabama. They yeah. came out in the same draft. I just, uh, anyway, but uh, so when you when you look at those first few years with Derrick Henry specifically, they drafted Henry. They brought into Marco Murray. I mean, it was like five mm-hmm. years before he really started getting the the opportunity. And I think that's you know that's prime that's prime NFL right. Uh, production is talent meeting opportunity, and he's gotten plenty of it, and shows that he's probably going to carry it on. Um, and I mention this every time Derrick Henry is brought up and I'll continue to his high school stats are fucking unbelievable. Oh man. It is the most ridiculous thing. Like, go look at it. It's like you were 12 years old. You played NCAA football. Oh (laughs) six. You created your player. And that is what it is. It is unbelievable. He had like five touchdowns a game or something. Yeah. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. I I was trying to think it was like 40 touchdowns, I think, or something like that. Oh my God. I think the number is like, it's, it's like 14,000 yards over a four-year high school career. Like it's absolutely obscene how many he uh, runs for. I was thinking of the, the picture with him and uh, Mark. Uh, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, so there is, there is a story of Eddie, is it Eddie George, right? The, the, running, yeah. the running back. Yeah. Um, kind of, kind of shaking him like, you know, not physically because he'd have to like reach really high. It'd be really <laughs> awkward. Um, but just tell him like run behind his pads and like, you, you know, you're not, you're not really, you know, using the talents that God gave you out here and, and you, you can. And, and there's a story there where, you know, he redirected, helped redirect that, that uh, his career because, because yeah, if there's a guy that needs to run behind his pads, it's Derek Henry. And uh, yeah. unfortunately the Titans seem to have figured that out. <laughs> Grant trigger warning, trigger warning. Here. I, <laughs> I you. need to jump in. Do you uh you know what would be a really great weapon to have against two wide receivers like AJ Brown and Julio Jones? Oh god. A really long, rangy, ball hawking safety, maybe a first round pick out of Ohio State. Oh just he, just flamed out for so it. So the guy who is still Malik, a free agent. Malik Hooker would be so good. Oh man. So can I, the, I mean, can I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying they should have signed uh, no. him. I'm just saying, God, if he had panned out and been the player that Ballard thought he was going to be, oh, that on, would be so on. great. I uh, want to add one thing. I want to add one thing to this Malik Hooker thing. <laughs> so I, there was a bar here in Indies called Taylor's. Yeah, it's on the, it's on the north side. It's in Nora. Um, I was there with a buddy of mine. It would have been the football season. It was mid-season, like 2018. It was like a Wednesday. This is rookie First, year, right? uh might have been or after Um, after his between his rookie and yeah so so me and him are sitting at the bar we're watching i believe thursday night football lo and behold like six seats down for me there's this dude with six cell phones stacked up on top of the bar and i'm like okay like this guy is a drug this is gonna it's gonna sound bad but i'm like all right it's it's like it's like drug we're all thinking thinking, right Right. So I'm like, all right. So like I look down and he looks familiar. I'm like, oh, okay. So like I pulled the Colts roster and I'm like, oh yeah, it's Malik Hooker. So Thursday, they played on Sunday. I shit you not, he drank a half a bottle of Crown Royal Apple meat. Just and then like a couple other players ended up showing up. Anyways, so if you're wondering why Malik Hooker maybe didn't work out, I have a pretty yeah. good equation. <laughs> I wish well, that story ended with him asking someone if, if he knows who I am. Like you know who I like like a like a John like yeah. a like a John Boyer uh, yeah. story. From, oh man, how about that for No, that it is funny that he's uh, still available, right? So maybe the yeah. stories like stories like that are maybe common. Uh, yeah, common. Yeah. There you are. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. No, you know you think about that damn interception against Bill with the chart, you know, his last hurrah, you know, that one handed. Oh, well, you're right. That'd be great yeah. against Julio, but I don't know. We move on. We move yeah, on. Pouring out for Malik. 
Crown he, was, he, was, only. he was also not really a willing tackler. Okay. They always talked about no, he didn't want to get his nose dirty. He, he didn't, man. There's so many, no. there's too many, you know, inside the 10 yard line, sort of like bad ankle on purpose situations where, yeah, the, the, it's not, you know, Ballard is a defensive guy. And uh, I just, this, that was never going to work out. I don't think after you saw him making these business decisions before he even had it business. <laughs> business, like, yeah. business decisions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Grant, we've, we've peppered you with enough Colts questions. I, I got one more. I'm sorry. I got one more. I got one more. So th- this is my big thing. I am really high on Michael Pittman Jr. I just yeah. saw some things from him at the end of last season right. that I, I don't know. I just it felt like the kid was putting it together and I started getting excited. Yeah. <laughs> so my question is this, do you think that at the end of this season, he's the wide receiver one for the Colts or does T.Y. have another year on top here for him? I, th- I think it's the, the former there. You know, I think that the yeah. Michael Pittman is, is the number one receiver. Yeah. I would, <laughs> I would venture to say he's the number one receiver right now. I mean, really? The way that he – anyway, look at that Bills game. Just take it go, – go back and watch the Bills game and only watch the offensive plays. It was like the Michael Pittman highlighted Yes. Game. And it wasn't just – I mean, yes, he's fast and he took – he can take a short route long, but he's also – he's also long. And so he's going to go down the field and he can, he can jump for the ball too. I, you know, I did not love that, that pick at the time. It just – I felt like he didn't use his body like he could, but man, he, he does. And, you know, maybe, maybe just cause I, I really just love defense. And it's like, whenever it's just like a wide receiver, anybody that's not close to the ball, I'm like, this is doing it. Anybody could do this. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I'm in on Michael Pittman Jr. I think, um, I think this will be T.Y. Hilton's last year at Indianapolis, obviously. And sure. I, I think uh, it's a huge, obviously as well, it's a huge year for Paris Campbell. So this is like the Michael yeah. Pittman Jr in Paris Campbell year yeah. uh, for me. And, you know, you've heard these, these coaches now come out and talk about the Paris Campbell full route tree and stretch the field with Paris Campbell. I'm sorry, I get, I get really excited thinking about Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman Jr. on either sides with yep. somebody like Naheem Hines in, in the slot or, or I mean, anyway. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting fired up. Uh, dude, it's, it's it's something else here in Indianapolis, man. And if if Carson can de- deliver this ball on time, you know people people complain about you know Phil's lack of mobility. Uh, uh, people, it's underestimated his pre snap his pre snap co- cognition, right? So makes up for that. It yeah. makes up for that in a huge way. I think that's lost a lot of people. He didn't have to be mobile because he knew where the rush was coming from. So, but you hear Frank talk about Carson and his his aptitude and. And his, you know, ability to be at least a super smart, he's a genius on the, he's using these hyperbolic, you know, word, you know, words, but if that's a slice of that, if that a fraction of that is true and he can deliver the ball on time to these guys, it, I mean, shit, I mean, I'm, I'm we bad. had a, we had an AFC, we had an AFC show earlier, uh, earlier in June and I was trying to pitch to these two Vikings fans that uh, it was a very strong possibility that Pittman could be like a top 20, maybe 25 receiver in the league going in, you know, a- after the season. And they shut me down so hard. Ooh, I got okay. rejected. Check the receipts. I don't. Yeah. Hayden, pull Hayden, pull the clip on that I don't one. Recall that. Let us know. <laughs> oh my God. You really could insert that right now. That'd be really good. Um, <laughs> now, and I, I would like, you know, Andrew might, might remember, I, I Vikings are probably my third, you know, I grew up a Vikings fan. So um, I can see them being upset because, quarter, you know, Chris Carter was the last, you know, I'm joking, but Adam Thielen is good. And they got, you know, what's the, guy who, the, the guy who's a bill now is, well, he was good too, but, but uh, Gary Anderson, Gary Anderson. I feel, I feel uh, like I'm just going to have like, I have like Tourette's like I'm going to explode. Like Justin Jefferson. Nobody. nobody wants to talk about that's, right, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. No, uh, Justin Jefferson. The, the best wide receiver duo in the league outside of Julio, Soft J, and AJ Brown. Oh my God. Give me a break. No, that are is you not. Me? No, that Check is the not. tape. That is not. They are not the, the best wide receiver duo. Julio needs to like do some things in the game again. Drew got like PFF elite. I, don't, I wouldn't argue with him today. You know, he's, he's I do have think, PFF elite. I have so many monitors up right now, man. I'll fuck up any <laughs> argument you guys want to have. I swear to God, I will. <laughs> what do you want to do? 
That's great. No, I'm super excited about Michael Pittman, and uh, his mentality is great. His speed is sh- like is translating. His game is translating. So shit, I- I'm. Does, Let's play. What, does what he remind you? June. It's June. That's yeah. Does, does he remind you guys? Uh, so watching um, watching him last year specifically with Philip Rivers, I think the reason Rivers liked him so much. He reminded me of a really young Vincent Jackson. Yeah, like Vincent Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Six, six, four, 220, plays with great size. And I yep. loved how a third of his passing snaps were in the slot. Yeah. I, I, that's exciting Ooh. stuff, man. That, that little stat drop. I love that. I, I couldn't agree more with, with that comp. And, yeah, good call on the, on the slot. Uh, PFF Elite, it. baby. I'm here love with it. fucking numbers. Let's oh. go. Um, <laughs> All right, so Grant, before we uh, before we move off the Colts topic, I want you to yeah. finish two headlines for me. The first one: Colts win the division, make the playoffs because blank. Because uh, Carson Wentz is the quarterback that the Colts think he is. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Fully agree. God damn it! You're you're gonna <laughs> just flip this answer, and I'm pissed already. Uh, uh, I have to though. Yeah, Colts yeah. Colts miss the playoffs because blank. Um, uh, so people got hurt. Or uh, Carson Wentz is not a quarterback that the Colts think he is. Uh, you know, unfortunately, that's the, that's the answer, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the, Col- the Colts last year were a two-minute dr- two drive away from beating the, the Bills. And uh, I think, honestly, I think that was a come-to-Jesus moment for Phillip Rivers uh, when he, he got the ball in, <laughs> ready to go and win, and he, c- he couldn't get it done. He didn't get it done. He, he was, he was uh, anyway, he, couldn't, he didn't get it done. And then, anyway, also the pass to Michael Pittman in the left corner of the end zone that was a little flat. Also retired uh, Philip Rivers. Um, but yeah, it comes down to Carson Wentz and his uh, ability to, you know, get back to 2018. You know, uh, tw- you know, somewhere in between 2017, 2018 uh, would be totally fine with me. And uh, my, I, I, I think Quinnipiac gets 12 sacks. 12 sacks. <laughs> my, my. Uh... My number was if, if Carson Wentz is 80% of what he was in 2017, you're like legit AFC championship game. 100%. Based on the rest of the roster. 100%. Yeah. And if that, if that happens, like, yeah. like Ballard is, is GM of the year and all this, all this stuff. I mean, right. Comeback player of the year, Carson Wentz. 100%. Mm. Yep. All right. So, hey, uh, so Grant, thank you for joining us. Uh, follow yes. Grant on Twitter Man. at Colts with Grant. Um, Steven Holder retweets him sometimes. So, you know, he's, you know, he's, <laughs> he's that dude. Um, we'll have to I have you on. Throughout the, <laughs> we'll have to have you back on throughout the season. Uh, yeah. with that guys, uh, enjoy your holiday week. Uh, we won't see you until next Tuesday as always, uh, Hayden drew Aaron signing off. I look forward to seeing you in week seven. See ya. Bye mom.